got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't give Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Moments like seeing my son's team cheer him on mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer or MBC, which is breast cancer that is spread to other parts of the body, they mean even more. I take Ibrance, Palbociclib. Ibrance 125 milligram tablets with an aromatase inhibitor is for adults with HR positive HER2 negative NBC as the first hormonal based therapy. Ask your doctor about Ibrance and visit Ibrance.com. Ibrance may cause low white blood cell counts that may lead to serious infections. Ibrance may cause severe inflammation of the lungs. Both of these can lead to death. Tell your doctor right away if you have new or worsening symptoms, including trouble breathing, shortness of breath, cough, or chest pain. Before taking Ibrance, tell your doctor if you have fever, chills, or other signs of infection, liver or kidney problems, are or plan to become pregnant, or are breastfeeding. Common side effects include low red blood cell and low platelet counts, infections, tiredness, nausea, sore mouth, abnormalities in liver blood tests, diarrhea, hair thinning or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite. When I write ya, all across the USC, Compton, Watts, Bay to LA, from on the California, from valley to valley, we represent that killer county. So if you keeping it real on your side of your town, you tune in to Gangsta Chronicles. Gangsta Chronicles, we gon' tell you how it goes. My nose will grow like Pinocchio. We gon' tell you the truth and nothing but the truth. Gangsta Chronicles, this is not your average show. You're now tuned into the real MCA, Big James, and Big Stan. Strictly from the streets. Hello. We represent the James. Where are you at? This is OG Gangsta Granny, and the Gangsta Chronicles podcast is back in effect. Get ready for some of that G shit and blaze up some Warner Mara. We'd like to welcome you to another episode of the Gangster Chronicles podcast. And I'm with my homeboys. Big J. Yeah. Royal. Man, Royal, so you just going to introduce yourself. Shit, he in the house. Fucking. He in the house. He like, I'm going straight to it, nigga. Let me give you the proper introduction on my homeboy. Royalty and his low-profile records in print. Most of them sold about seven, eight million records on the low. 
I brought up some people such as Lil Rob, um, Mr. Night Owl. Pretty much everybody in Chicago rap has walked through this man's door at one time or another. And we got him here live today with us. Actually, man, we got to clap it up. You the first Mexican homie on the Gangsta Farm, so let's go. Oh, that home. sure is. Okay. okay. You the first one. You know, Pac said the best, man, that wouldn't be LA without the Mexicans. You know what I'm saying? So we had to, you know, get down and dirty. So, Royal, we going to go back, man. How the hell did you get in the rap game? Because you should be a comedian, though. Because you're one of the funniest motherfuckers I know. But you put out some good music, put out great music. How did you take this back to the beginning? How did you get started, man? Man, I'm in, I'm in the, from the beginning of rap. I mean, I was LL Cool J, the, the Stetsasonic, Run DMC, Beastie Boys, Rock Cam. I mean, I was just a kid breakdancing and always was the newest mixtape from the Swap Meet. And uh, we just, I was rapping at a, a DJ came to my, my aunt's quinceanera. And these two brothers from L.A. were rapping the Jamoni. Oh, they were rapping the Jamoni on me. So I was like so excited. They were like devastating. You know, all the old words, devastating. Put your hands in the air. And all the old school stuff and the Dougie Fresh and all that stuff. And going to the Fresh Fest, I was like, this is where I got to go. Okay. <laughs> so, so you got that bug just for seeing them dudes out there performing and everything. Yeah. And then I was, we ended up DJing. I was a DJ at 12 years old. Because I'm, you know, Mexican family, so I'm the youngest. But I was already 6'2". I was DJing in TJ and crazy stuff. <laughs> you were DJing in TJ? Yeah, I was DJing in TJ. I was like 13 years old. All my uncles were like 18, so I'm the youngest. But, you know, Mexicans are like cousins, you know? Right. <laughs> we got kids everywhere. So I would go along because I was just as big as them. You know what I mean? <laughs> Let me ask you about this, man. You said you DJ and TJ, man. Yeah. I don't go down there too much no more. Oh, no one goes down there no more. You know, you know, I'm afraid to get wound up in one of them motherfucking um, cement trash cans. <laughs> but you know what's crazy? There's a lot of black homies. Like last time I went to TJ to fix my teeth. You know, still go down there for that. But a lot of black homies live in TJ now. And they respect you guys more than us Chicanos. When they see the bald head, they go, ah, poor Charles, ah. Cholos, they don't like that. So it's just crazy. I'm telling you, I see a lot of black brothers in the line and stuff. Got their apartments down there. In fact, a boxing promoter, Repo Rick, got an apartment down there. He only, he only said he only pays. to be told not to go down that motherfucker. Nah, it's packed, homie. Yeah, they got the Somalians. Everyone's out there, too. Like, they got... So Africans don't make their way out there still? Man. Bags and shit. You know what I mean? Carrying bags and everything. <laughs> I mean, you got to remember, the rent down there, homie told me he was paying, like, 240 for a two-bedroom apartment. Yeah, you know why I think... That's crazy. That's good. You know why I think they really want... I think they want to be pretty Mexican when they down there, dog. Probably all want to be like you, man, marrying, the, marrying to the Chicanas and stuff. They say they... They... they, they, uh, they they, they, what they made. got an empty cup on me. Come yeah, on. Yeah, fill me up. Y'all know I'm the earliest, you know, I'm usually not awake at this time, to be honest with you guys. Mm. I, yeah. I was drinking till like four in the morning last night, homie, so I'm a little slow today. Yeah, this this for all the Gangsta Chronicle fans. I'm gonna sip them up. I ain't gonna do it by myself. Man, so you can man, right? You gotta, you go, this, this cup looks a little dirty, homie. God damn, I got Corona on that it's motherfucker. It's okay, I'll take yeah. <laughs> This shit gonna kill it. I'm gonna take me a little bit because I take medication and shit, and I don't want to have no interaction. So I I'm take medication too. But Viagra ain't, ain't medication, homie. You know what I mean? Man, it ain't no, it ain't no <laughs> shit. That shit gonna enhance your Viagra. <laughs> Where these come at? 
Oh, no, I don't drink, man. Oh, definitely not. No, I smoke. I, I get my smoke on in a little bit. So, so we go ahead and toast to the homies, um, Boyle and then Jane. Oh, the time. Man, we better cut. Water on the floor, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, healthy, look at this body on me. You know what I mean? Well, for real, before, before we really get started, I just want to say it's about time that we have Mexican on our show because everything we did is about black. But a lot of people don't understand that Mexicans and blacks Black and brown is basically the same in the eyes of the police and everything else. In the hood. Our struggles are the same goddamn thing. But, you know, you had the, the, the street violence, you have the gangs, and Mexicans gang bang different from us. They walk, they dress. And I mean, I ain't never seen a cholo until I met this one guy from First Street in LA. And Every first of the year, they get together and party. So we was little and we used to go around the corner from my auntie's house and, man, we used to see the bombs, the lowriders and shit. And we'd be like, God damn. The, the zoot suits, remember the zoot suits yeah, back yeah. in the day with the long chain? And, mm-hmm. and what blew my mind is the way they fucking dance. Oh, man, they <laughs> Like straight geek back on some real shit, though. And... <laughs> That's kind of like where I got my groove from, man. That's where the band. Exactly. That's that's where I got my groove from. So you were in LA and never saw Cholo on me? Where were you living, huh? Were you locked Off up? Off 80 and Hooper. Okay. Right in between Central and Hooper. Man, that's... But when you say Cholo, you mean the real ones. Because I, 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 I knew Mexican gangsters, right? But when I saw a real Cholo... And the way they stand, they, they, the heels of their feet clip together, and they got the top of the button, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the, you know, the American meat style shit, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where they just really just, and they got the mustache hanging over there, you know. Or, Man, <laughs> I, I started I start ironing my underwear and socks after I watched them do it. Motherfuckers, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we was creased inside and out. You wouldn't finna get hit by a car and have no dirty shit. Yeah, for real. You got to be clean. So, you know, Roy, we go back, so you DJing and you doing your thing and everything. When did you decide it's time for me to put a record out? When we all first start, we just whatever. You know what I'm saying? We usually start by imitating somebody else. Like, you know what I mean? You might try to sound like LL. You might try to sound like Big Daddy Kane or whatever. When did you say, man, I want to record me a motherfucking album? And how did you go about doing that? Um, well, me and my cousin, which is my uncle, mm-hmm. two years apart. You know that? And... Um, we, we were just, after we saw those two dudes rap and we started DJing, we started rap, you know, using all the instrumentals and you know, on all the 12 inches and stuff. And um, we just started messing with like a little tape deck, you know? And then when I got to um, high school, my first year in high school, I met, which was a group, um, was all brothers, it was, a, it was 12, 12 brothers, it was called DKM. And they, they were Dago's Crushed Militias, you know, we're from Dago. And um, I was like, they had no DJ. And, you know, so I became one of the DJs to one of my homies, Mr. Who ended up getting signed to uh, the uh, paper boy, you know. The, the, mm-hmm. And um, we, uh, my homie Devious came from New York and he started going tape to tape, you know, the old school from, I'm talking about 88, 89, mm-hmm. and from there to a four track. And next thing you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to rap on there. I'm, I'm putting my little rap on there. We started having, you know, raps against other crews and, and, and Dago. We started, Bothering everybody and 
only saying we're the best. And then, um, but, um, and, and that's how it started. Homie started recording it every, every day after school. So every day after school, it was on the four track. Cause that's what it was when he was a kid. You tell the homie, when we go in the studio, you go to the studio, it's a four track right there with some speakers, a little bit of your ass Radio Shack keyboard, but that's how I get cracking on. Oh man, we we're just talking about Radio Shack. It was redoing my studio that day. I was like, God damn, I wish Radio Shack was here. You know, you'd run down there real quick, grab some wires, mm-hmm. any weird wire. Now today you're like, gotta look it up on Amazon and shit. And be like, no one got wires. So. Yeah, and they sold the tapes real cheap. You can go in there, you know, on the four track, you record on a regular little tape. So you can go get a bunch of tapes down there. <laughs> so so that, that, that experience, though, was the homies. And I'll tell you, a lot of these Mexicans these days are in the N-word, which we, we, we tell them we're green like that shit, man. We, we keep it real. And I was the only Mexican. And people go, well, I grew up with blacks. You know, a lot of rappers nowadays. Mm-hmm. So what, homie? I was, in the, I was the only Mexican rapping in my part of town. And all my, what's up? We had the Jamaicans spending money on us. They're paying for the student. A lot of different stuff going on. But, and, um, like, what's up? What's up, homie? What's up, homie? Keep it every time you met me in the studio. What's up, homie? What's up, homie? Yeah, you know? Yeah. And that, that's how we keep it. So it was always, but that, that work ethic that we had, we thought we were major. We thought we were, you know, we were, no one knew us. We were probably a mile, the high school knew us. Mm-hmm. And we thought we were major, but we were recording. It was probably 20, 30 of us at, gathered up and started recording every day. So that same method, when I got my label going, mm-hmm. was the same way. I was releasing five to seven albums a month mm-hmm. through Universal. Well, BMG, my first deal, then Universal, now and EMI, and then Sony. So we just, I just kept it like that. Got my studio, start recording people. All right, homie, get in the booth. That's what I like. That's how we started releasing them, homie. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that, what happened was I started, when we first put out our tape, mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about you racist. The racist black dude didn't see no Mexicans in L.A. I'm fucking with y'all. But uh, <laughs> I would go to the swap meet where I told you you were jamming over there. This is a, I don't know if you ever heard of Famor. Right. Famor, they had your shit bumping like crazy. MCA shit was... And uh, when I made my first cassette, I was broke as fuck. I was on welfare. Did my from disc makers from Philly. Got my thousand cassettes. Mm-hmm. And I go, man. When, when before you get your cassette, these niggas are gonna sell out like crazy. You're like, man, I'm gonna need semi loads of this shit. Then you get it. And you're like, god damn, what I do with this, you know? Mm-hmm. And I got them. And I went to Fanmart, and the little China man like, oh, you put on consignment. I'm like, okay. I'll take five. You're like, God damn, got a big old box. He takes five, puts it on the wall. You're like, damn. And next thing I know, I, I'm in the back. And the one of our first song was a 619 song was, was more bounce sample and all that shit. So I, I'm looking from the back and I see I, I see black homies right there. Going, oh, shit. What's that, homie? They pick it up and they're like, Mexicans? <laughs> they buy shit. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm kind of like in five different stores. And I'm like, damn. And then I meet this this man, this hustler named Repo Rick. He had a artist, I don't know if you heard of Big June mm-hmm. from Dago. And, yeah, and, and um, he had a couple, Big June was like 14 years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was 15 and, and we, we um, he took me hustling. He's like headphone, you know, just straight hand to hand. And um, I, I, he took me to Arizona everywhere. I'm, Put the man folds on. He used to call me quality. I'm like, I'm royalty. Now, like, quality, you quality, man. We're going to sign you quality. I'm like, oh, man. So he started taking me. I'm like, hey, you like it? And we, we didn't call it Chicano rap then. We called it 
lowrider music. You know, mm-hmm. we'll be like, hey, you like lowrider music? I had, I had a sample, um, Juicy Fruit. Mm-hmm. And I put the headphone on people and all day, five bucks. It was just quick. Boom, boom. This is before everyone was really out there. This is early, early days of hand hustling. People, you know, now you see someone hustling in the Walmart parking lot. Man, get out of here. They won't even have to, they'll wrap a CD in this damn thing. You know, they don't even package it right. Our shit was packaged right, you know? And um, it just went from there. And then I started taking Night Owl and a couple other people. We started renting vans and going to L.A. A.M. P.M.'s pull up. What's up, homie? You like this? Boom, boom, boom. And we started making money, man. And it just went from there. And it went from there. So, so tell me this, man. At what moment did you feel like you arrived? Like, like what was the defining moment? Like, was it like um, you selling out of a particular project? Or when did you feel like, like man, we got a problem? Uh, well, I met Ken Harris, Mr. Ken Harris. I see him on spinoff records in L.A. and the Crenshaw and all that. And then he had one in Oceanside. Mm-hmm. I met him in Oceanside. And he's like, man, you need a CD, Royal? And I said, I don't know where to make a CD. These CDs were new. No one had them, you know? Mm-hmm. And he goes, man, man, man I'll take you to uh, Rainbow Records and we're going to get a CD. I'll press 1,000. You get 500. I get 500. I said, let's go. We went up there. Some guy tried to burn us. We ended up meeting with the owner. I learned all kind of shit. The owner said, I got a lot of, he told Ken Harris, because Ken Harris had like five record stores. I got a lot of um, people when they're going to go gold records, they end up buying records and they were picking them up just so they could have the certification that they sold these, bought these records. Mm-hmm. Old bullshit that people used to do. Mm-hmm. This guy had a warehouse, like a million square feet of old CDs, Fat Boys, Kid Frost. I mean, oh, and it was at will. I don't know if you remember at will. That's my dude. Rest man. in peace. Man, rest in peace at will. I I, I probably got a box of his CDs on because mm-hmm. I, I ended up buying a gang of pallets for 50 bucks mm-hmm. for Ken Harris. And Ken Harris said, man, 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 Roy, you got to open your own swap meet. I said, man, I'm Royal T. I can't open no swap meet, homie. I'm, I'm making 500 bucks at the time of day. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm going to every swap meet, every mall. I'm moving. And he's like, he's like man, you got to open. I said, so when things got slow, because after you hit 100 places 100 times, everybody got your shit. Yeah. So he's like, man. So I opened, I said, all right, Ken. And I met Cisco. I don't know if you know DJ Cisco, Cisco Kid. Uh-huh. used to make all the mixtapes and all the, you know, I, even Suge was after him at one time. We had to load up the car to go see Suge. But that's a whole other story. Because <laughs> he put out Snoop before Snoop. Got that's a good story. <laughs> so so we, uh, we uh, go... And um, I, I said, man, all right, I'll open, I'll open up a swap meet. I'll open up a swap meet, and man, started making 2000 a day. The next thing you know, I got my homies, I'm opening another booth, another booth, another booth. And now I'm in three swap meets. Now I get a price breaker thing, and we were running the city. Like, if you came to Dago, Famar was Famar, but Famar was buying all the mixtapes and everything, and, and she kind of rap from me. You know what I'm saying? So now I had this, so I, that's why I met... I met Little Rob, Oceanside store. Had uh, Little Rob had his cassette out, and then my cassette. And they had like a back then, they put the cassette boxes like this, so they stand mm-hmm. up. You see the '30s. And I was, um, I was out selling them at first, and then he started out selling me. And I was, I was just a rapper, and I didn't really care about the business. But I would, it was a business, but it wasn't. I was a rapper. This is mine. I'm, I'm the baddest. No one can fuck with me, you know. And the guys would play with me. Oh man, we think Rob out sold you one cassette. I'm like, hell no, homie. I'm coming back. I'm gonna do autograph signing. You know, just yeah, just trying to. Who's Rob signed to at the time? Nobody. It was just him and his brother. Okay. 
Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He, had, he had a cassette. It was a uh, over the night in the, in the six one night. It was a an oldie, mm-hmm. and then he started out selling me. But he had with another store, and I'd be like, "Man, he's in no stores, just here." And they'd be like, and then the guy said, "Man, I'm just playing. But you want you, you should work with him, man. He needs to press his cassette. He ain't got no money mm-hmm. to re- repress up." And um, so I said, after a while, I said, "You know what? All right." I went over there, and I. Went to his house and he didn't trust nobody. He's still the same to this day. And he goes, Man, I get him from disc makers. I said, Well, look, I'll order him right now. He said, He goes, Nah, you can't order him and get him to your house. I said, Well, you order him, get him here, and I'll come pick him up every hundred. I'll pay you. And that's how we did. And next thing you know, we were in every store from LA to Arizona. I was driving everywhere. All my cars had 200,000 miles. And at that time, you didn't have really distribution at that time. No, just me. And for those out there that don't know, let me give you a little backdrop on who Lil Rob is. Lil Rob is one of the, um, probably one of the biggest Chicano yeah. rappers out. He had a um, few mainstream records, um, Summer Nights and uh, Neighborhood Music and all that. But, um, Natural High, Crazy Life, and so, so we go Till I that. Die. So y'all had an agreement to where he was pretty much getting his money off every 100 CDs, right? Cassettes. Cassettes. This is this is, yeah, cassettes. This is a cassette, uh, three two songs cassette, and that was you know, and I start taking it everywhere, and we started, it started blowing up like crazy, and then um, from there I ended up getting a deal. I met this dude at the car show. Like I was going to every car show. I mean, there's a lot of stuff, but we're going to every car show, and I got a deal, and it was BMG, but at, and at that time we were so big in the streets that that's when we felt like we made it. Cause we, we, we were, like you said earlier, we were touching the people right. every day. And we had every politician in the hood, every street, right. every sit down meetings, all kind of crazy shit from everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how you, that's how we learned how to act. I was talking to some youngsters. When, when, when I go to every city, like when you go to perform, you gotta know how to act. There's always a bad motherfucker in every place you go. Right. You know? Definitely. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, I say it all the time. Yeah, because a lot of these youngsters, they go to these places home and they don't give a fuck. And they they get problems, you know? Yeah, and what they do is, and they think that they, you know, because like you said, when you young, adrenaline pumping and everything, you got a popping-ass record, like you think you're the shit. Oh, man. But it's somebody out there that will bring your ass back down to reality. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this. Not to get all your personal business, but how much paper was you making at that time? Um... I'm from the Swatlands. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had 11 booths. Uh, 11 booths plus the store. They were doing around 2,000 each, do the math. Uh, every month, I probably had like 90,000 in cash. You know, just, yeah, just, just from the Swatlands, mm-hmm. you know? And then we got the deal. But my deal, let me tell you, my first deal was so bad. But we, our, our goal was to have our records in the warehouse records. Remember those days when mm-hmm. you couldn't wait to see your shit in a, in a big store? Mm-hmm. Like, Swap meets were cool, but we wanted to be, we wanted to walk, I'd go buy it myself. I'd go in there and buy my own shit, you know? Just, <laughs> just like if you're on a magazine, you want to buy your own magazine, you know? And um, we couldn't wait for that shit. So when I got my first deal, it was the worst deal in the world. But I took it because I wanted to be in them. I, I wasn't worried about money. I was going to make my money in the streets. You wanted to be in them channels. Yep. Yeah. So we got that deal. It was they gave me two dollars and fifty cents a record plus I I had to press it. See when you go two dollars fifty for an artist that'd be good, but this was a label deal and I had to pay for pressing, and all promotion. <laughs> Damn. 
Yeah. That's good? Hell no. No, no. no, it's terrible. That's terrible. That's horrible. I wasn't making it. That's what I was trying to for being a la- there. For being a label. No, that's no, that's nothing. That's terrible. Because you're getting 250 a record, but then you got to go out, you got to promote the record, and you got to press and it I up. And I got to press it. So and you ain't like making not then, then letting them do everything, and then now they can come at you like we were saying in there. They, they yeah, but they get hold us for promotion. No, we'll get your, to the next story. We'll, we'll get to the next story when it gets better. When it gets better is when you're making seven seven ninety seven ninety cents a record, then you're making money. Making money. Yeah. Because it's costing <laughs> you more to press it and promote it than it is what you're making. Pressing at the time was eighty five cents a CD. Was uh, a, what was it like a dollar basically almost about a dollar? But you sell it as what? So they were $5? selling. No, no, they were only paying two fifty. They only giving you two fifty. That's it. They selling it for about ten something. And they're paying for nine thirty five. Yeah, so ten fifty nine nine thirty five. They giving you two fifty okay. out of that nine thirty five. It was a terrible deal. And they're not doing anything but putting it in the store. Yeah, you promoting it. You pr- exactly. That's why it's a fucked up deal. But the gr- I'm gonna tell you, tell you the greatest part of that deal. I'll tell you a good part of that deal. I there's never been a Chicano rap label. There was Kid Frost, Lighty Shader Brown, who I worked with, and I worked with both of them. But when they had a deal, and 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 I don't mean to people get it, they think racist when I talk, when I say because I say I say black people, Mexicans, just because there's a difference. Yeah. And this, meaning when Frost got his deal and Light of Shaded Brown got their deal, those were considered black. We, we consider them black deals, meaning the average deal in L.A. was 150000 a sign act. So they got these deals. But Chicano rap is a black rap sells like this, pow, and then stops. It, it trickles. But Chicano rap goes real slow when it just seems to go forever. Right. It, it takes a long time to catch on. So. When big labels put 150000 and 150000 they ain't fucking with this Mexican shit no more because this made their money so fast. You know what I'm saying? And this, they're like, man, we can't get our money back. So they start dropping. So those, that's why I had to make my own label because labels didn't want to put money on the Chicano orders no more because the money, when they put out Kid Frost, La Raza is worldwide. Everyone loves it as Mexicans, right? Right. But the world, white if the black uh, fan didn't like it, the white and the Oriental fan didn't buy. Right. You know what I'm saying? So the Mexicans, we've we've changed a lot of that and been a lot of a lot of hard work. But so Kid Frost, you people think success. They see a guy we're talking about on videos, right? Mm-hmm. They live that success, but their pockets might be empty. Blowing them up. So everyone saw this this guy's biggest song, like man, why aren't you guys on MTV like him? But we were actually making more money because we had the streets. We had, you know, he just had a, they owned that record. You know what right. I'm saying? Not him. So, um, so that that's what slowed down Chicano rap mm-hmm. because they gave the wrong amount of money to blow, you know, put money on radio. And you got to remember the the, ra- the radio fan at that time was black rap fan. Right. So someone saying raza and a little bit of Spanish in it was something kind of new. So the average listener. We were excited as fuck. You know, when us Mexicans are, oh, shit, that's the greatest. That's God. You know, that's that's the greatest shit we ever heard in our ears. Right. But the average people didn't understand. But even 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 in them days, the Mexicans was listening to more rap, black rap, than 
Mexicans buy more black rap than anyone in the world. Yeah. More than blacks or whites. So wouldn't that like a... Am I right or wrong? <laughs> when you go to your crowds, I'll be... How many Mexicans do you crowd every time you go? Depends on what city I'm in. Oh, you're right, you're right. Depends on the city I'm in. If it's a predominantly... I mean... I sell records Dango, to I sell records to, to the SA homies. They love my music. Yeah. I've never had a problem with Mexicans with as far as my music is concerned. It depends on where you go. If yeah, if right. I do a concert in motherfucking San Antonio, it's gonna be a gang of Mexicans as opposed to blacks. If I do a motherfucking show in motherfucking, you know, downtown LA. Or it's gonna be half and half. Few niggas gonna come, few essay homies gonna come. As opposed to if I go to motherfucking New Mexico and do a show. You get me? It's gonna be predominantly essay homies. It, 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 yeah, yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. We, oh, we, definitely we, always. We support, always. We, we've always supported. It just didn't happen the other way all the time. Right. You know? And we could get into, like, people go, well, some of the Chicano rap is whack. They'll say that. Some people say that. I say, yeah. And some of the black raps whack. That just because MC Hammer sucked, the Tupac say ain't a black rapper. Because Mexicans have a problem. They, well, I, I skipped forward. A lot of Mexicans they say I'm not these new ones. Nah, I mean I ain't Chicano rap. Well, well, I'm that next level. Next level? Well, you're not black. You know, <laughs> like like what do you? Well, you know, I'm 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 not Chicano rap. They they try to say that. And it's yeah. like, well, when you sell seven million records, they go. They call it a box. I don't know if you guys seen me on the pod. They call it Chicano rap a box. The new, the new era is like, we don't want to be put in that box. And I'm like, well, homie, if you at least break the ceiling, get get your fans behind you. Because if you go over here, if, if, meaning they're saying they're going to the black rap, you're in last place. If you're so much better than us, get in first place, then go over here. Because you can't leave this people, our people. You can't, if you leave without your support, it ain't going to happen. You know what I mean? You got you to gotta come through. Yeah, I mean, bro. you know, going back, man, now, when you had this new deal with BMC, did you still have Lil Rob, which was he still a part yeah, of Yeah, and, and I ended up getting uh, Proper Dose, Frank V. Mm -hmm. um, I ended up doing a, a oh, rust. put that out? Yeah. Oh, okay. Not Mexican Power. Mm -hmm. He was signed to Scandalous. He had a big deal. A bigger deal. Again, like those numbers I told you, the first, the first Chicano rappers, he got a, a major deal. They were distributed to Disney. Mm hmm and those numbers didn't yeah, come back. Yeah. And so those numbers didn't come back like they want to see. Mm -hmm. So I was able to sign them. And we hit up all the car shows. We were touring. Me and Little Rob Prop and Frank V. Proper Dose. We were touring every single car show and we were selling like it was, it was going, man. Because we came in, we, we, we didn't come in like this and drop off. We came in, boom. You know what I'm saying? Like, from the bottom, from the swap meet to where we, we went. And it seems like, man, like, um, with the Mexican homies, so you know, I mess with a lot of these Mexican rappers. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I get songs with Lil Rob, not Lil Rob, but uh, Mr. Criminal and all, you know, these guys. So I was, you know. And we don't look the same, homie. We're not the oh, same no. people. Come on. No, but you, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, I mess with the homies. <laughs> and I noticed they get a lot of cash business, and I always thought that was smart because with them, it was different. You know, us as rappers, we want to sit up and just pop and go do the show. Them dudes always had their CDs with them. They hit up all the swap meets. And today, had $4,500 in their pocket. You know what I'm saying? Had big money in their pocket. So you're doing this thing. You got this distribution deal that's fucked up and everything. You don't sign this deal. How, how, soon did you, how long did you last over there before you said? Well, oh, I did it all three years. Mm -hmm. I mean, we ended up getting sued for natural high. 
295,000. <laughs> and that's what I, but that was just the greatest worst day of my life. All my swap me workers, they all wrapped a little bit. And they, they, and um, my, I went to my partner. I, I sat in his office just like this at BMG. And I was going to pay, I was going to pick up my big check. We had, a, we sold like, um, uh, like 60,000 records. Mm -hmm. I had a wrestling jam. I, I put out the WWF. We, I had this rock band redo all their songs. Mm -hmm. And then I put out proper dose. I had a compilation. And I was going to pick up a check for like 140000 to pay everybody. Mm -hmm. And when I get up there, he's like, Royo. But then this is uh, 99, so you really didn't check your email with it on your phone. You know what I'm saying? It was an, and I'm very slow with that. So he's like, Royo, why are you here? I'm saying, to pick up my check, homie. He's like, you didn't look at your email. We've been sued, blah, 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 blah. You owe us. I'm like, the fuck? Wow. So I sat in that office from 2 in the afternoon to 2 in the morning. That motherfucker gave me money to pay my artist. <laughs> you know, he wasn't leaving, and I wasn't leaving. So we got the money. I went and paid all these guys. And this is where me and Little Rob's problem began. When I, people go, oh, Roy ripped off Little Rob, boom. Try to try to do anything before he got a lawyer. He, I gave him. My mom taught me one thing. She always said, when you ever do a check and give someone a check, or you're gonna give them cash, make them sign a check. You know, sign it. So, I gave him a check. He's oh no, I want cash. So I gave him cash, had him sign the check. Then he went and said, I never paid him. I paid him eighteen thousand in his living room. Bam. I said I never paid him. So, I went. I went and uh, got the check. You know, and they, they took me to little, got a little lawyer and stuff. And that's your signature? Yeah. You know, and a couple other checks and a couple other things. So that's how we kept, that's how that ended. But that's a whole, that's a whole nother yeah. forward thing. But from that deal, BMG deal, I ended up getting a universal deal. Mm -hmm. and that, And that got a lot better. And then my greatest deal was with EMI. So let me ask you this now. With Universal, did they call you up one day like, Roy, you like, now you move me in? Yeah. I mean, at that time, um, I was the first independent Chicano rap. Or, well, I, had, I had buildings. Yeah, had you had studio. Like Master P yeah. Chicano rap. Well, I, I, I like to say Master P copied me, to be honest with you. Like, uh, he was running on the Bay. I was through the Bay everywhere. I mean, I, I know it's a, it's a hard thing, but I didn't follow no one. I just was a... Like when you looked at my my paper earlier, right? Mm -hmm. All my CDs. The reason I, if you ever listen to the end of any of my CDs, my last one thing in the back of it, you'll see a. I always had a commercial, just like a podcast. Mm -hmm. I did LPG radio show over fifteen years because I knew this. My promotion was my mouth, and I knew that if you're gonna listen to my record, you might not see my poster because it was hard getting posters in every record store. So I think they say I had twelve tracks. The thirteenth track would be a commercial. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, oh, man, get ready for the new little rap, the new. I'd put all these records. Mm -hmm. Some of them might not even came out. But I just had, if I had 20 homies in there and we had 20 records we were going to do that we said we were going to do before we get in fights or whatever, mm -hmm. I would promote all those records. Part three is going to come out of this part. My instrumental album would do all this shit. And then in each of my album covers, this is a small one. This is old one, but we would have, like, all the catalog you could order from the back, I had a mail order shit. And then we had posters, we had t-shirt companies. I mean, this is, 
Every single album had this shit. I didn't even see the back of this. Yeah, yeah. So you got where motherfuckers, this old school shit right here. It's great. So you got where they can order the t-shirts and shit. You advertise the next albums. You got the posters. Fan club. Yeah. We had the office. Yeah. I mean, that's what we were. Plus, we were the first one in 1996. I couldn't even. I got to hire people to come. I opened the first chat room on my website. And I let it where no one could. uh, you couldn't block. You'd have to block no one for saying fuck. You, you know, back then he's the you type fuck or um, punk or whatever. My thing. So we used to have like three hundred fifty thousand people a week using it. They didn't even know who we were. They just were happy to be able to use a open chat room because some people would be like, "Hey, what's up, homie? Shout out to the low profile." Oh, what's that? You're on our shit, motherfucker. But they were using the chat room because there was no cell phones. Cell phones were here, but there was no text. So people from Spain would be hitting. People from America using that to talk to each other in the chat. That was a big super chat room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we were known. This would be cracking. So, man, you got this whole empire that you built, right? Mm-hmm. How many artists did you have at the time? Probably around 15 at a time. And you had Night Owl and stuff and all. I was distributing Night Owl's label. Mm-hmm. And, and Mr. Little was label, mm-hmm. Sicko Records. And I had. Um, Three other labels I, I distributed their stuff also. Mm-hmm. And those are some pretty big artists. They like um like in the Chicago rap world, little one and all of them is like oh yes, yeah. you know what I mean. And in fact, little one starts his podcast this weekend. Night Owls opening a label in Mexico City right now. Him and Shadow, so they, you know, we we talk every every week. <laughs> all right, fellas, let's pay some bills real quick. We'll be right back. AT and T connects and old to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the driving to work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Moments like my daughter telling me a new joke mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer, or MBC, which is breast cancer that is spread to other parts of the body, they mean even more. I take Ibrance, Palpocyclib. Ibrance 125 milligram tablets with an aromatase inhibitor is for adults with HR positive HER2 negative NBC as the first hormonal based therapy. Ask your doctor about Ibrance and visit Ibrance.com. Ibrance may cause low white blood cell counts that may lead to serious infections. Ibrance may cause severe inflammation of the lungs. Both of these can lead to death. Tell your doctor right away if you have new or worsening symptoms, including trouble breathing, shortness of breath, cough, or chest pain. Before taking Ibrance, tell your doctor if you have fever, chills, or other signs of infection, liver or kidney problems, are or plan to become pregnant, or are breastfeeding. Common side effects include low red blood cell and low platelet counts, infections, tiredness, nausea, sore mouth, abnormalities in liver blood tests, diarrhea, hair thinning or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite. Got my Prevna 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us, wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic, and at higher risk. 
get vaccinated, but, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar 20. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Still, James, eight. Y'all niggas better give me my $5. I put that on the set. I need to go get me some Wanamara. My motherfucking feet fucking with me. Gangster Chronicles, my ass. Pay granny her money. This gangster granny. Y'all know me. Where you at? One thing I wanted to ask you about this, man. You remember Kool-Aid from uh, Power 106? She started... Uh, she started uh, fucking up the business. Yeah. No, started, no, she did. Yeah, she started a radio station. Yeah. And I was wondering, man, why she was so vested in Mexican rap. Well... Uh, you know, it was a good thing at one point. I she married She married a producer in Oxnard, mm-hmm. uh, or Santa Maria area. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's, man, I can't even think of his name, but he produced a lot of early records from the 805... A record label mm-hmm. and um how she fucked it she actually fucked over a brother uh familiar records murray Bradfield. Yep. murray me and him had our differences we're, 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 we worked together and and he, he was he was a savage very quiet yeah humble savage okay here's 500 bucks for your master uh, you know and and people would take that money mm-hmm. i'm like hell no nah, homie but anyways he came with the brilliance of the of Otros Pero Locos, the radio show. And he called Power 106 and he said, How much for an hour on a Sunday night? It was like 500 bucks, like I said. Mm-hmm. And he went and Kool Aid was the one he talked to. Mm-hmm. And Kool Aid said, I can be your host. Blah, 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 blah. And he said, Okay. So he paid her, paid the thing, got his show going. Next thing you know, she takes it. He no longer has no Damn. connection to the show. Next thing you know, Violet Brown starts calling us at Universal. Um, and I like I remember I was telling you back there, I used to pay for the in caps, you know, all the stuff when you play behind the when you walk in the store, behind the store, in the front, when you walk in, they have your posters on the wall, warehouse records, mm-hmm. all that shit we used to pay for. Mm-hmm. So we were in, there was no difference between black rap, white rap, or Chicago rap. We were in what if if you MCA, M, you you were the M's, it'd be it would be in the M section, you know? Mm-hmm. Whatever it was, Mexican Power, MCA, it was in a section. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, Kool-Aid started having her boyfriend produce and he started making her label. Then, well, before that, she goes, we'll make a Portos Better Locos section in the warehouse records, her and Violet Brown. Oh, yeah, we'll put the Mexicans in their own section, which separated us from you guys, from everybody. And she said, oh, it's $3,000. Well, bitch, why did I pay you fucking for the last five years to be in all these regular positions to actually put Chicano rap in in the record store like normal? 
Now you're just alienating me, putting me in a fucking corner, and you want me to pay for your section. Then she promised, well, guess what? We'll play your song. If you pay whatever new artist you pay, 3000 you also will get your song played on Power 106 on Puntos Para Locos. Okay. Well, no, well, well, that, yeah. Well, deal with them and this. Well, deal with them. But, but now you're talking about some shit that's been happening since the beginning yeah, of the time. Yeah. So what well, the fuck? Well, that, but let me tell you worse. Then she creates her label two months later. So guess what? There's only one hour. Guess who's not getting paid? Played. Us. And we're still, and Violet Brown says, you still have to be in that section. No, I don't want to be in that section. So she cornered the whole fucking market and had her own label playing all the time. Hated us because we were the biggest. And she used to call me a little Rob before, because we hated Murray. And to that Murray, because Murray made a fake little Rob record. Yeah, Murray made a fake little Rob record. And that's why we dissed him. He made a fake record where he called it Still Smoking. He made a cartoon of Little Rob. And none of the guys on the record were Little Rob. But inside the record, he made Spanish Fly new album coming out, his artist. Well, S.A. Rich Rock, I don't know if you heard of S.A. Rich Rock. Uh-uh. He did the 18 with the bullet. He was a legend of Chicano okay. Rap. He was, yeah, he was okay. But but he there was the rumor was that he died. So the Spanish Fly wasn't the Spanish Fly of S.A. Rich Rock. It was still his homies, still part of it. So I had a little homie that was like a fan. He used to look like S.A. Rich Rock. We'd go to parties and be like, hey, girls, that's S.A. Rich Rock. You know, just... Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I came with a brilliant idea. I saw when Murray did this shit. I'm, I'm off that deal. But when I saw Murray did this shit, I said, you know what? I said, I, next to my swap meet, in the swap meet, was a coffin shop. They sold coffins. So I took Chris... And I said, you're going to be OG Spanish Fly. Not Spanish Fly, changed the name, OG Spanish, back from the dead. Because they said, Rich Rock, the rumors he died. So I put him in a coffin, threw the West Side up, took a picture of my Polaroid, <laughs> and we made, and I, and I had 10 songs for my new album. I said, look, oh man, I, we wrote him 10 songs, boom. And I put my Swap Me dudes on that record, and we made OG Spanish Fly back from the dead to go against Murray for trying to rip us off. You know what I'm saying? So when Violet Brown would call us, oh, Murray sponsoring our show. He, he was it was his show. Fuck that. We never fucking with him. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So we weren't fucking with her, but then she was working with Murray. So she hated us. And they hate us. So when she started her own label, she never played our shit ever. When me and Little Rob broke up, she played Little Rob. My baby boy, Little Rob. She blew a little fake voice up there. And um, that's how that, that's all. All that she cornered the market, fucked the market, and strained it till it just became a little Chicano rap. Hold that thought, brother. We'll be right back. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Moments like seeing my son's team cheer him on mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer or MBC, which is breast cancer that has spread to other parts of the body, they mean even more. I take Ibrance, palbocyclib. 
Ibrant's 125 milligram tablets with an aromatase inhibitor is for adults with HR positive HER2 negative NBC as the first hormonal based therapy. Ask your doctor about Ibrance and visit Ibrance.com. Ibrance may cause low white blood cell counts that may lead to serious infections. Ibrance may cause severe inflammation of the lungs. Both of these can lead to death. Tell your doctor right away if you have new or worsening symptoms, including trouble breathing, shortness of breath, cough, or chest pain. Before taking Ibrance, tell your doctor if you have fever, chills, or other signs of infection, liver or kidney problems, are or plan to become pregnant, or are breastfeeding. Common side effects include low red blood cell and low platelet counts, infections, tiredness, nausea, sore mouth, abnormalities in liver blood tests, diarrhea, hair thinning or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite. Got my Prevna 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic, and at higher risk, get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar 20. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Still, James, eight. Y'all niggas better give me my five dollars. I put that on the set. I need to go get me some Warner My motherfucking feet fucking with me. Gangster Chronicles, my ass. Pay granny her money. This gangster granny. Y'all know me. Where you at? I'll put up a, um, a post saying, you know, I want to ask royalty some questions. You got a crazy-ass fan base, man, so... Yeah, they hate me and they love me. Everybody asked me about the little Rob thing. That don't sound like no beef, though. Nah, me and Rob had no beef. That's the ass, like, you know, that's, that's about that you, you, know, you know the last time me and Rob worked together? Hmm. This is how stupid this... Like, people, some... Because I, I guess some people just get out of jail and they go on the internet for the first time in their life. Mm-hmm. But me and little Rob haven't worked together since 20... Since 2000. And you're still talking about it. Like. Because that'd be the highlight of some yeah, motherfucker's yeah. situation. Yeah. Motherfuckers that stem you know, from But then I tell people, if, what are they going to do about it? You know what I mean? Like, how how is, if they say I ripped them off, well, how, what are they doing for it? If, if, if Rob made a billion dollars tomorrow, is he going to give them anything? And then I ask, here's the biggest question I got to ask. People go, oh, Royalty did this, Royalty that. Well, you, at the end of the day, how many people have Little Rob helped in his career? How many artists he put out? He's so great. Zero. So you're looked at as the as the shady record label dude. Is that what people saying is the beef? Because mm-hmm. you were the record label owner yeah, and they I were put, the artist. I grabbed my balls and put my own money up, mm-hmm. and you know had to recoup money. When people were driving new cars and low riders and, and 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 all kind of shit, loving their life, and then they spend a little much too much money with the girl, and then you know they go. I mean, you get that typically <laughs> from uh, from artists mm-hmm. who deal with independent record label owners, feeling that it's a different side. Myself included, 
I dealt with niggas like Lonzo and Unknown who owned independent well, we labels. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, um, and, and to look at it from an artist's point of view, people would think, yeah, they robbed you. I mean, you didn't get shit. You didn't get no money. You didn't get no motherfucking this or that. They was riding around in benzos and had the big houses and shit while you were still living at home trying to take care of your kid, trying to buy Pampers, you know? So you get that from some people. So what about the chicks? What about when there's chicks like I just... We were talking out in the back, yeah. right? I ain't seen no checks as an it, as an artist when yeah, I first came up. But, yeah. saying, but, but, that's what, but that's what tend to happen from label who, owners, who, right? Who paid? Who that's for, what I was saying. Who paid for your posters? Who paid? I did because they oh. recouped everything. But, so you paid for you no know thing when you they when charged you first, me back for you're everything. Talking about the you're talking about the first week, of course they did. Yeah, so it's a loan. It's a loan. Right. You know what I mean? Now they didn't do their money right, and you didn't get a lawyer and check out the shit. That goes back on you. It's a business. Well, my thing is, as an artist, I'm writing all my shit. I'm producing all my songs. Oh, and you're then doing I'm, all that. And then I'm still only See, getting I'm, 70 I'm, cents a record. I, I'm doing while, while somebody in the label position is taking 90%, and I'm doing all the fucking work. They you made a me? lot of money off you. Exactly. Yeah, they made a lot of money. I mean, but that's what some cats go through. But we could get that money back. Yeah. As independent, I've already got it back. So that's the whole point. But some artists would fit. That's what they feel when you say it's a twenty-year-long thing. People saying, "Well, Lil Rob or whatever you," and you're going, "Man, it's twenty years ago." I mean, we did our injustice. I mean, what has Lil Rob done for artists? Has he put anybody on or whatever? So I get what you're saying. Like, let's sleep in dogs' lives. Well, 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 let's go like this. You're you're going an independent artist from being a big artist. Right. We're starting from fucking dirt. Right. There, there was no, th th nobody was rich. I just told you our first deal was $2.50. My first deal, I didn't get a dollar. No, $2.50, the label deal. Yeah. Then I'm paying 80 cents on, on a cassette. Then I'm playing posters and everything. And then I'm halving that money, that dollar with them. And then we get sued for $295,000. Then I had to pay $46,000 to BMG lawyers for that case. How much do I own? If he ain't put up none of that money for the struggle <laughs> or helping, I owe you shit. You know what I'm telling you? Like, here's a German. You, you're coming, you're coming from a major label to to guys that took advantage and you didn't stay on top of your game. I, I don't know your whole deal. You said you ended up getting your money, but we're starting from zero. I'm paying, I told us I'm paying for your beats, uh, uh, your studio time, your mixing, your mastering, all your photographs, every fucking thing. Okay. I'm giving you advance. Who's writing the songs? I'm, I'm making most... I'm, every concept is me. Every hook is me. Who, okay. And he they write their lyrics. Okay, but still, they got some... Here's the track. Here, hey, I want you to rap on this beat. Here's the hook on it. But I'm going to still feel like, as an artist, I'm still writing but my own shit. Too. Eight situation was a little bit... Because I'm familiar with it. was a little bit different than the shit you had on the little rod. Like, these motherfuckers like, stole his publishing and all kind of other shit. Am I correct? Yeah. I started out as a little kid from Compton, 17 years old, uh, hooked up with a dude who had his own independent label, Techno Hop, okay? I wrote every song, okay? He came in, I'm, nigga was doing the beats. Uh, this is your first deal? Yeah, very first, very first time I ever recorded. Is this the records we were talking about that were, blo that were No, no, no. Okay. This is my, from the start. 
from when I decided I wanted to become a rapper. A nigga knew MC8 claiming the hood over here, 17 years old, knew how to rap. So I go to his studio, I write three songs. This is Compton, I give up nothing, give it up. He takes those songs, he, I wrote them all. He provided the beat, he provided the label, whatever. But I still wrote my shit. I'm thinking I'm supposed to get my 50%, my publishing or whatever. I got nothing. They put the record out, it sold, it did whatever. I got nothing. No publishing, no $5 check, no nothing. So then... So you did a deal with this guy and he gave you no advance? No. Did you pay any of the studio time? What do you mean? It was his studio in his living room. But it was his studio? Yeah. Was that free? What do you mean? So he gets to fuck me? No, no, I didn't say we're not going to that part. Yeah, that was I, I, I'm just saying it was still... He put up some, something for you? Okay, and I'm putting up my lyrics. Okay. And I'm writing the songs. Without my songs, gonna, he got no songs. I, I, I'm going to question you on, on this one. I don't know the whole deal. Okay. And, and, it has but, nothing to do with the deal. It has that, to do with do you feel like because you're supplying the beat and you're supplying this that you get to take everything up front? So what are you giving the artist? Did you have a contract? I'm, I'm, yeah. Yeah, I had a contract, but it was a fucked contract. It was a fucked contract. That's you what... You have to fix Georgia underage on that deal. That, but here, here's the thing. Do you feel you would ever got your other big deals without that? Eventually, yeah. Because I'd have put out my own never, fucking You can never music. say that. Oh. Life is written. You can't change that. What do you mean? You think you would have got those other deals? Do you think that? he would have got... Where that went. Do you think you would have got to where you was without those artists? Me, yeah. Okay, so then me, yeah. God damn right, nigga. What the fuck? Look at that song. You are believing me. Well, I was already there, though. You know what I'm saying? And I was on my way. I was already there, though. I signed orders because I got the deal. Nigga, I'm real shit. Nigga, hell yeah. I didn't you think about that shit and get mad at the motherfucker. What I would have been there, you got damn right. When you're looking at it and all these motherfucking labels was looking for them, a nigga off the corner who was spitting that shit, you got damn right. Or I'd have been smart enough to do what everybody else was doing, go fuck signing that independent little deal and go put out my own music like you did, like a Master P, like a Lonzo, like an Unknown, like everybody was doing. But it was just some of us who were young kids who were naive. All I wanted to do was make fucking music. So did he make oh. money off of those three songs? You goddamn right. And he probably still got those records. He put them records out. He got a major deal from that Where shit. Where he at now? Who knows? He living, chilling? Chilling and living. Him yeah. and Lonzo still living and chilling. Oh, Lonzo was a dude from... Um, the world class record group, NWA. I, I, I got funny stories on that from... <laughs> For Mr. That's how him and Lonzo was buddies. They all had labels. Egyptian Lover had Egypt Empire. L.A. Dream Team had L.A. Dream Team Records. A known DJ had Techno Hop. And Lonzo had Crew Cut. And they went through, they found the talent of young niggas. Me, I was a nigga in the hood banging. I started loving rap like you. Run DMC and Kumo D and all that. So I'm hungry for rap. So I'm just dreams of, uh, I don't know shit about yeah, publishing and fucking none of that. All I know is, motherfucker, I want to rap. Well, how the <laughs> fuck did, did he survive after getting three songs? You see him making money and you're Because I don't know shit. 
I'm still 17. I'm naive. When he put my record out, he wanted to kill him. I wish I'd known. See, you, you, you feel like I felt four or five years later, okay? But at the time, I'm a 17-year-old kid. A nigga tell me I'm finna make a record? Nigga, I get in the studio, I write the songs, they put them out. I got a 12-inch in the swap meets. Nigga, I'm going to the swap meet, seeing my cassette up. I'm all good. I'm like, nigga, I'm on my way. I'm not knowing that a nigga making money. I, I have no idea how the shit works. I have no idea. All I know is I got a fucking record out, okay? And I'm not in the hood banging, getting shot at, and whatever, whatever. I got a record. No money, not a dime. Man, I didn't get a dime, oh, okay? Yeah. So that happened. I ain't tripping. I'm like, hmm, you know, whatever. So then the nigga go out from that. He go out and get a deal for Compton's Most Wanted. Because we signed a little contract. Oh, that was your first record. That's my first record. This is Compton. It was a 12-inch single. Put it out. From there, he walked in the Capitol and gets a deal. Because he telling them. And he ain't giving no money in there, no Man, come on. This nigga got a deal from Capitol. I got CMW. They like, oh, CMW. Is that like NWA? Like, yeah, you know, listen to that. They listen to This is Compton, the first 12-inch with the three songs. Them motherfuckers is like, let's do a deal. Next thing you know, I'm going to New York. I'm signing a contract, whatever, whatever. Nigga hand me about what? A couple of grand? When he probably walked with about 150,000? Nigga, I'm a young nigga, poverty stricken in Compton. And a nigga hand me a check for two grand? Nigga, I'm... Nigga, I'm on. Man, let's go find this motherfucker, man. Hey, I'm on. I'm not knowing. I'm a naive and, kid. And that's the yeah. same reason I took that. You know that. what we gonna do? I should call Lonzo's ass on this show right now. But you know we got the thing where we can call Man, I, nigga, I'm, James, I'm a naive kid. I don't know. I don't give a fuck. Nigga, I'm in Compton after swap me with some fresh Cortez, some T-shirts and some khakis, and a fucking Suzuki Samurai, nigga, and I'm on. I don't... I, what? You can't tell me that a nigga just and you bumping your shit. Man, you can't tell and me a nigga just a business. nigga just walked out of corporate motherfucking America with a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar check. I don't know shit. So it, when you signed the con- the second contract, who was that with? Same nigga. Him? Same nigga. I wouldn't you know he got about your nigga. Ex- because I start getting smart. Right. I start going, wait a minute. So last week. I'm writing that. every fucking song. <laughs> Ain't getting no money. Every song is saying Aaron Tyler on that motherfucker. Not his name, not the producer, my name. I wrote every fucking rap song. Okay, I fixed it, but still, I'm not, like, something wrong, man. I'm broke as a motherfucker. Nigga, I'm going on the second month, I'm going on the third album through Sony, through Epic Records, and nigga, I'm still living at the house with my mama. And I'm on my third album. And I'm like, something ain't right. So I start complaining. And, oh, nigga, you don't know nothing. Oh, nigga, nigga, this is a nigga talking to me. Oh, you know, nigga, you don't know nothing. You don't... This nigga walking out of the... Every year, he walking out of the corporate office with 200 and handing me five, $6,000. Well, I wish we knew each other back then. <laughs> so eventually, nigga, I smart. Nigga, I smart. You back then, though. Huh? You wouldn't have told you. You'd have been happy. Just like, just like the same deal. When I left that, my deal, I took that deal because 
That's probably because we're getting older. I wanted to be in the big store. You want to get in? So we took whatever. You're going to take what? You're going to. This is what I'll say. <laughs> I live, I tell a tale of if you come from my era, we all got fucked yeah. in the beginning. It, it's it's, it's going to happen. But my thing is eventually some of those niggas need to start going, okay, you paid your dues. Let's make it right. Exactly. But some of them niggas well, go, fuck well, that. That's what, then he gets to the EMI deal. That's what happened with me. My partner, when we did the Universal deal, he sold the whole label. Not to distributing. He sold his label for $5 million. Mm. He gave me nothing out of it. And I said, bro. But he goes, you're going to have a better deal with Universal. So, and then he said, don't worry. I promise. He goes, I've been doing it forever. Blah, blah, blah. And I said, oh, that's the same dude that talked like that. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Think he really like a Vladimir yeah. or something? No, he's from uh, Argentina. Okay. And um, I, um, when he did that, when he did that deal, I ended up getting 375 at Universal. And then I, 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 he goes, don't worry, you'll be out of it soon, and blah, blah, blah. And he can't, you know, when they, when they sell labels, they can't be in the same business for five years. So he ended up, you know, if you sell like you don't want to be in competition. They don't want to be in competition with a guy that does that, sold that record label. So he came to work for you. I'm going to work for you and I'm going to get you a better deal. So when we got the EMI deal, I got the full, the full deal. You know what I mean? That was my yeah. major deal. I got the full $7.95 a record. And everyone he signed, I made a dollar off each record because he couldn't sign it through his name. You know what I'm saying? Right. Who signed it through me and he'd keep it so. I went through all the first bullshit. I mean, I was like 70% of his label when he sold me five million. Because I, I had so many records, you know? So, like you said, we all gotta go like this. And that, that was the greatness. And the, a regular dude of that, like you're telling your story, I would've wanted to kill this dude, everything. I was so mad so many times. I was so desperate a couple of times, I almost sold the whole label. For chump change, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Because being so desperate, like, and he, and he told me, he's the one that told me, don't, I could give you this money, and then what are you going to have? Believe me, hold on to it. You're going to, so that's what I did. Got the better deal. Oh, that's that new phone that, that bent. This is crazy. So when I did that, he kept his word, so that's why I never, I have love for him. Because, he, you know, you got to learn a little bit. You know? right. So that's why you say, if you never would have struggled and got the first deal and got fucked on the first deal, you wouldn't have probably never been successful. Definitely. Is that what you mean by that? You got to lose to win sometimes. I looked at that. Like that. I looked at it like that, James, in the long run, because if you hear the tales of a lot of us as artists in the beginning who come from that era, that Lonzo unknown, that early rap era, it happened to a lot of us. You know, it's funny. We're going to say that for that motherfucker. We're going to we're gonna say that motherfucker for... We're going to say that for a show we call 4 with 80. Industry is shady as shit. And get shady motherfuckers on the show. And get them to deal with the situation that they created. You got damn right. But let's sit down and discuss how y'all felt like, you know what I'm saying? Because... They dealt with a lot of motherfuckers coming through their camp. Well, you know, it's funny. It was Lonzo as the Mr. Ken Harris, the, you know, on the the, store, the indoor swamis in L.A., the Crenshaw and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. He said, Easy used to come, and they'd bring their stuff. But before they'd get there, Lonzo and them would pull up and sell bootleg all the records, 
Sal told my nigga, oh, Easy's coming. They put everything under the thing. Shady as a motherfucker. Yeah, that's scandalous. Motherfuckers is the type motherfucker would go out and find like, say you, you know, you you trying to rap, you, 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 you. Motherfucker come in and see all of us, knowing we ain't got a lawyer or a motherfucking pot to piss in. Or go, nigga, I'm finna put a record out. I'm gonna put you on it, you, 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 and you, and put that motherfucker out. And then when you come knocking, the nigga be like. Like, the motherfucker didn't make no money? Hell no, nah, they didn't do shit. But you ain't got a contract with a nigga or nothing. So nigga gonna look at you and be like, you want to do another one? That's how they would get you yeah, in the days. They ain't give you shit. Oh, what do you mean money? I'm talking about on the next one. They ain't giving you nothing on the next one. Yeah. That motherfucker shit. Niggas was ruthless. Motherfuckers all Man, them niggas was ruthless. He used ruthless, to be over there with go to Fingers. I don't, I don't see how motherfuckers can get away with on the spot. I mean, you got to be the They've been doing it for years, brain. though. Well, They've been know. doing it for, what, before, I mean, before rap even started. The well, black artists been getting fucked in the Mexican artists and the Chicano artists been getting fucked for decades well, that these labels... contract and understand that motherfucker. I'll get a lawyer or somebody that know how to understand it. And then back then in the days, Jane, you still getting fucked. Well, because the lawyer you, looking at lawyer looking at it like this. I'm still making my bread. You, you I'm look, still making my motherfucking soul dollars an hour. the fact like you were looking back there. And, I, yeah. and, and, and I'm going to tell you, like he's saying, when we're starving and hungry... I took my deal because there was no other deal around. Right. That was the deal. I signed a contract I because signed I signed a contract because I was a young nigga gang banging in Compton and didn't see no other fucking hope of getting up out of this motherfucker. I wasn't finna play no sports. I wasn't finna be no doctor, no lawyer, no policeman, none of that shit. I saw it as an opportunity because. It was something I was passionate in. Okay, so when so it, at the end of the day, we can't complain, right? I don't complain about it. I just tell the story of I got fucked. I'm mad. <laughs> I tell the story. I tell the story about I got fucked. And the the longer I went on in the music business, I was able to learn contracts and publishing and right. splits and all that. And no, when a nigga put a contract in my face, I can go now. Oh hell no. Nah. Oh, hell no. Nah. Oh, hell no. Nah. You can keep that right there. Right. Let me know when you get back with me with something proper. But but it was, a, it was a learning experience. Like I said, I got fucked when I signed a deal because I just want to be a rapper. And then when the deal turned into a major deal, I got fucked again because I wanted to sign to Sony Music. Did I know a motherfucker was crooked? Hell yeah. Nigga, you been crooked. You ain't going to change, but that was my opportunity to get in. Once I got in, now I can start going to them motherfuckers and going, him? Hell no. You want me to do another record? Kick that motherfucker to the side. Oh, I ain't recording shit. And by that time, they want MCA records. Fuck him. He anybody. So they ain't got rid of him. Buy what you want to do, eight. Oh, I need this, I need this, I need that. Oh, no problem. Here you go, brand new contract restructure. So you have to build that rapport with a motherfucker. Once I got in and I start seeing niggas at the label and handshaking and oomty woom, I was able to go, oh, no, this nigga stole publishing money from me. This nigga stole this and this. You don't get rid of him and structure a new deal, you won't get another verse from me. I'm going to tell you what they did. They wanted to chip him off and got his ass up out the way and... 
You want to deal with me? Motherfucker, I'm oh, coming see, off the of The top was already cricket, though. The top was dealing with him, then kicked him out. For, the top was already cricket there here in the right. but, but here's the worst thing in the world. Today's business. Those are still be The money you're talking about, even when you're getting ripped off, way more beautiful than today. Today's so fucking worthless. You could have the greatest deal from God himself and come and go. And you still ain't going to make no money. These new artists are broke. Look at um, my One of my artists, that's his own little deal, okay? Through Empire. Mm -hmm. 87 million streams. Guess how much money that was? What? How much do you think? That ain't no money. $7,000 on me. Yeah, That's not even a penny. If you got a penny, that would be $700,000. So, so Because those deals only work unless you're in their back pocket. Those deals only work is if you're considered somebody who they can generate income off. You know? 87 million, you know how much Facebook, man? I was, I was on Facebook, Facebook paying stream now. But what? like you said, who is he as an artist? Oh, he's an artist. Is he somebody? No, no, it's cool. Okay, so there but, you go. But... Guess how much Facebook made? Eighty-seven million. It's a dollar a click. They got they got two commercials on the motherfucker. Commercial here, commercial on the side. If you go buy ads right now to promote your show on Facebook, it's basically a dollar a click. Yeah, I want to ask you something. I want to go back, man, real quick. Yeah, yeah. I gotta get more. I gotta come and I'll bring someone to drive me and come get faded. Yeah, because I, I, I want to ask you a question because I don't heard some crazy shit about y'all. Not about shoes. I know about shit about them. But. I used to shoot porn and everything. I'm going to do that all that shit. But I had my office. Next time. Next time. Dudes come and ask us to fuck their wives in front of them. Are you serious? Damn, MC ain't knows that. <laughs> I ain't never got none of that. <laughs> <laughs> don't put me in that shit. On his first deal. I'm a good dude. On his first deal. So when you motherfuckers come and just say, hey, can you knock my wife down? Yeah, they come and hit all the artists of them. Fans ask you to do some tremendous stuff. Somebody actually did I seen crazy shit where like we'd be in small towns like Tucson where the you know, the hotels are not big, so they're only two stories, you know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. So we, we stick putting us up there, <clears throat> and dudes pull up, because we always throw posters out. We perform with, and we always throw a gang of shit out. So, hey, can you sign my girl's poster? Oh, yeah. Girl come up, dude sitting in the car talking us at the balcony. Dude starts sucking everyone up. Hop, hop, hop. Oh, she's going to be down right now. You know? Shit like that, huh? No clue. That's why I knew. That's, yeah, that's why I knew girls were worse than any guy in the world. I mean, the guys can't guys can't ever even fuck half the girls go fuck. I heard a story. I'm not gonna say the homie's name. I respect. You know, I ain't gonna do that. But I heard one time a girl was getting trained for it on a, and she had kind of like an older to her, uh, she had It was an old legend. It was an uh, it was an old legend kind of rapper who said, Royal, throw me a towel. <laughs> 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 he said, get a soap. He said, get a bar of soap and a towel. And we 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 started laughing when we fell down. We 
We found the ground. I don't mean just take like, a deep breath <laughs> and just get the fuck out. <laughs> and so, <laughs> man, you know what? You wonder. Um, like, like, see, I didn't know we were going to do it. You, you told me, but we didn't talk since you told me, and you've been telling me all year. So. Oh, but, dog, we about to do so, this again. Yeah, yeah. Okay. This is like a five-hour-long interview if you really go do it right. So we yeah. let you back home, man. Where can the people go find you at, man? On, on my website, No Profile Records. On my Instagram, No Profile Records. All one word. Yeah, well, we got some shit we're going to be doing. We talk about that, man. And then I got the Fat Wonka. So we'll start our podcast. We're going to set. We're turning all our Fat Wonka edibles into CBD. So Fat Wonka is an edible. Yeah. Did you bring some samples with you? Yeah, I'm telling you, man. I don't wake up this early. <laughs> You know, this black folks time. You know, I can't remember. <laughs> As a motherfucker. Huh? <laughs> no, I don't know this motherfucker for a long time. One thing you can't say about this motherfucker is he ain't racist. I'm racist. I'm mad at everybody. All right. <laughs> we need an admission. Before we go, man. Check this guy for knives and guns, man. This guy. You're the first dude I ever say, though, man. So you was in agreement with a lot of shit that Trump was doing. Tell him about, right? And job-wise, not his mouth. I'm the first one to make the fuck Donald Trump, my sputo shirts. But his job-wise, as making business, common sense. You know what I mean? I like common sense. He's an idiot, but common sense, meaning, I mean, this Biden's a fucking joke, man. You know what I mean? I'm starting to see this shit. Already starting the war on me. Oil independence, taking away our oil independence. You know, all these fucking dumb electric cars, okay? You know what you need to run electric cars? Oil. So... All us making oil so small, pretty soon everyone's going to have an electric car and be like, oil's 10000 a gallon. So now you're going to be paying for all, every part is oil. I mean, even when you put the battery thing, that's oil on top to, so it don't burn up. And where are we going to put these batteries at? I just like common sense. Yeah, that's getting sure. into that one. Yeah, you know, and it, man, we'd like to thank you guys, man, for checking in with us, man, and the homies world, too. We for sure going to have them back again, man. Make sure you subscribe to our uh, Instagram page. Follow us at the Gangsta Chronicles Podcast.com. Follow my boy, MC Dave, at 808. Yeah. Uh, Damn it. My boy, Big James, Big James 388. No. No. She should have asked me what what's my tell what, him what, what tell him what it is. 36, 36. 36, just 36. Kill them all. That's what we kill them all. I, I can do that too. <laughs> Fuck it. I got here to do it in the back. Especially all you wrong motherfuckers out there just I taking mean, brothers' man. money. Man, y'all lucky I didn't know you motherfuckers back then in the days, because I would have came at you. And don't beat up Lonzo on the line right now. Oh no, Lonzo my buddy. Lonzo gonna get Lonzo and grill his ass a little bit. He's gonna get we still still said you yeah, remember fucking robbing niggas back in the day, so you know we gonna get your chance to crack <laughs> I, I like I love nigga keep it hood. Fuck it. But shit, we got this motherfucker. Oh man. Well, that concludes another episode of the Gangster Chronicles podcast. Be sure to download the iHeart app and subscribe to the Gangster Chronicles podcast. For Apple users, find that purple mic on the front screen of your phone, subscribe to the show, leave a comment, and a rating. Executive producers for the Gangster Chronicles are Norm Steele, James McDonald, and Aaron MC8 Taylor. Our visual media director is Brian Wyatt. 
show's audio editor is Taylor Hayes. The Gangster Chronicles is a production of the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartMedia. Any questions or comments, hit us up at the Gangster Chronicles Podcast at gmail.com. Peace. Be safe out there. Got my PrevNAR 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated, but, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't give Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar 20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.